Welcome to the Perfect First Layer Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we answer questions from you, the 3D printing community. My name is Guy from Guy's Shop, and as always, with me are my co-hosts, JJ and Nathan. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and we do depend on your questions for this podcast. So if you have one for our panel, please go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page and send it along. And we do have a Patreon, and right now we have one level, and we're simply asking for a small donation to help keep this podcast going. So please go to worldwidewebpatreon.com slash perfectfirstlayer. So what do you have going on in the lab right now? JJ. Yeah, so I got the new Ender 3 KE just showed up. Uh, still in the box, but that'll be something I get to play with soon. That'll be fun. Um, I've had mine for a couple of weeks. It's it's a decent printer. Yeah, it looks from the other videos that I've seen on it, it looks pretty good. So that'll be fun to fun to play with and compare with some other Creality printers that are coming out now. Um, also got a new King Rune S something. Big box printer. Um, very clipperized. Very, eh. I don't love it. I don't love how difficult it is to <laughs> set up and get working and configuring. I- I think we're getting spoiled now by these printers. You just plug it in, hit a few buttons, it does its thing, and you start printing. Oh, yeah. The whole scan the QR code to connect to your phone, to connect to Wi-Fi, and it just works. This one has a text file you have to put on your computer and adjust and save the text file with your Wi-Fi and password and then load it onto the printer it's like I, it's funny you mention that because I, I watched a couple of videos on the prusa mark four and they were talking about you know it's, it's so great it has the wi-fi now but you have to jump through all these hoops to get it to actually connect to your wi-fi you have to download like you said you have to download a text file and then wow change it and then re-upload it and do all uh, yeah. this stuff i, I, I have a theory that. about that um so the prusa mark four has a touch screen on it but they haven't programmed the firmware to accept the inputs yet so they probably <laughs> were like oh yeah people will just type in their wi-fi password but then they're like oh wait but the touch screen isn't working so how do we do this so it might be like a hacky workaround until they get the touch screen firmware up you know i'm not i'm mm-hmm. not disparaging prusa but i guess i am the, the, i just look at their stuff and it's like it's so gosh darn expensive and it's the technology is two or three years behind everybody else am i crazy thinking that well i i think they should uh like the firmware is completely different than anything else that i've seen so i'm yeah i'm just a little confused like why they went that path and de- like redeveloped everything because it seems like they had to you know they're having to sort all that out instead of focusing on adding extra features. Yeah, you were going to say something, JJ? Yeah. Um, I've never used one, and I feel like so much of printers nowadays is the software and firmware and usability of it. Um, so, like, yeah, if, even if the hardware is old, um, if a printer is easy to use, which I've never used one, um, I just think so much nowadays is on usability. So I had a, a clone, a Fives mm-hmm. Tech or however you pronounce that, five-stack clone of a, of a Mark III Plus. And it, it worked really well at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, last weekend, I think it was last weekend, last weekend, yeah, I 
completely disassembled it and tore it down into parts. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, I thought at the beginning of this podcast, that was your most used yeah, it was. printer at the time. Yeah. But there's no point there. I don't see a point yeah. to it now. I've uh-huh. got, you know, four Core XY printers, five Core XY printers, mm-hmm. and a couple bed slingers. And it's like, okay. And they're so much faster. And the print quality is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the at the time, that printer was very easy to use. You had still had to go through like a half hour, 45 minute configuration of it to get it to go through all its little, it's, it did this little dance and you had to go through menus. But once you got through it, it worked really well. Mm, yeah. So anyways. Well, yeah, the Prusa design was state of the art eight years ago. And it was still on top of the market up until like two years ago, I feel like. So two to three years. So, uh, you know, it's had its run. It just needs, you know, like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I don't, you know, they've got what three printers in their lineup and the consumer stuff. Yeah. They got the mini, the MK4 and the XL. They still, they're still making the, the, the Mark three though, aren't they? I think so, yeah. I think they're mm. selling it as a kit now. Um, but still, I, I just, I, I don't see it as being viable anymore. I don't know why anybody compares anything to a Prusa anymore because they're just, they're silly expensive for what they are. You can get a printer that works better than those for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. The consumer side. Oh, yeah. People should totally go for cheaper printers. Yeah. And even this year, the 2023, I think, has been a great year for printers that the the bar has been raised. Every company Mm -hmm. is coming out with better and easier and faster and better quality uh, around the board. Anything new beats anything from two years ago type thing. I think when the uh, the Ender 3S1 came out, it was just like everyone was advancing so slowly. Yeah. And then the X1C came out, and then everyone's like, all right, let's step it up a little bit. <laughs> and now, like, bed slingers are actually really good again. <laughs> yeah. Like, super confusing times. Um, <clears throat> well, the, the, everybody, as everybody knows, the Bamboo A1 came out a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about this before the podcast started. Um, Nathan did a video on the bamboo a one and it was, it was just dripping with cynicism or sarcasm about, you know, okay, it's got this. Yeah. Well, so does this. Well, and when you think about it, the way it's been presented is that there's the a one other than the multi-material unit, availability and the noise level it doesn't really offer anything else right it's just i guess the the user experience is simplified but Mm -hmm. you know i I looked at the, the 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 we got going down this path mainly because jj was talking about the ender 3 v3 ke mm-hmm which is you plug it in, you hit a few buttons, it starts working. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, but they don't have the marketing hype of the A1. But it works just as well as the A1. I don't see what the A1 does better than the Ender 3 V3KE, other than has a much shorter name. <laughs> yeah, very true. What else does it do better than the than the than the quality? I'll have to test it. Of the the quality, I I do know my A1 Mini um, prints way. The quality of prints off of that one is better than the P1P. I think. Um, did you see any of that, Nathan? Uh, um, I printed half a Benchy, and I'm going to be returning mine. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> there. They're uh, kicking me off their affiliate program. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. Goodbye, yeah. Bamboo Web. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's a shame. I, won't be, I won't be doing any comparisons with that, vit, uh, with that cool. printer. Yeah. Um, from what I saw, it looked like decent print quality. Like I'd say about average or slightly above average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a decent size. It's got decent print quality, uh, good user experience, solid build. So. You know, it is a decent um, value proposition, mm-hmm. but, you know, I just feel like the hype was out of proportion compared to what it was. Yeah. 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 And that, that falls under the whole category of, you know, who do you believe on YouTube? I don't know if we want to go down that, <laughs> that road. Probably not. broad can of The way you guys look at me, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, I, I, I talk about coming from the, 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 the woodworking side of things and there are, there are people that they're just shills. That's all they are. And you can't believe anything that comes out of their mouth because they're, they're just, I want to get this free stuff and I'll say anything I have to, to keep getting the free stuff. And they're afraid to say the truth about certain products. And I'm not saying that bamboo is putting the pressure on anybody. I'm not saying that at all. Um, I just don't understand how the bamboo is just that much better than everything else. Because I've got a bamboo printer. I think it's good. I don't think it's like twice or three times as good as my Crowley K1. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, they the Bamboo Lab has been like whipping people into a frenzy where like the new products coming out and everybody's freaking out and it's like it's all they can think about. And based on my affiliate performance, I know they're selling quite a number of them. Um. So they're they're very much a marketing success. Yeah. And they're backing it up with a decent product, but it's just like holy cow! Like, what's the last printer where? they came out with a product and all the, the 20 largest YouTubers in 3d printing all release a video on the same day with roughly the same messaging. It's just like unbelievable almost. No, it's actually very believable um, because we've seen it happen. Right. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you put out a good product you know, like the K1 had, you know, I was thinking of what, what is, what other printer came out this year could be even that exciting and thinking of like Creality with the K1. Um, but that one had really bad uh, issues initially for some yeah, people. Yeah, those extruders. 
mine was great, and but just I got a lucky one. Turns out, and then other people's had other problems and issues with it day one. So yeah, very rocky start. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the counter argument to that. That yeah, it, I still I still look at like the Ender three V three SE and the Ender three V three KE. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, I get that. Especially like the KE, it's it's it's. Well, I checked the price on it a couple of days ago, and it was like two hundred and sixty dollars. With there's some coupons out there and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and free shipping. You have two hundred and sixty dollars versus four hundred dollars for the A one. Is the A one one hundred and forty dollars better? Actually, one hundred and seventy dollars better because you got to pay thirty bucks in shipping. Yeah, you're talking about two almost two hundred dollars is it that much better if you're not going the ams route right yeah um i would say probably not does it offer a better user experience the bamboo versus creality i personally like bamboo's slicer a little bit more but the creality slicer is pretty good too so and it's and based it- on kira yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I like. I do. I do prefer Creality Slicer, and um, it's it's really easy to send your files over with the uh, the Creality Print software. Mm-hmm. Like it takes like a second to ship to deliver whatever uh, file you end up transferring. Versus, I remember on my Bamboo Lab printers, it would take yeah, like a little while. It's got to yeah. send it to the cloud, and then it's got to download it, and then unpack it, and then it, you know it's, it's like five minutes later. I that's that's a gross exaggeration. Maybe like two or and three minutes later. The the multi printer aspect of Creality Slicer is vastly better than Bamboo's, which is weird. I thought Bamboo would try to be, you know, accommodating to like print farms or people who want to buy a bunch of these. Um, yeah. I struggle with the management of multiple printers on the bamboo slicer versus Creality Slicer. Super easy. You slice it, click which printers you want to send it to. It's just really easy to manage and monitor multiple Creality printers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I do like, I do like the, I, I for my Creality printers, I still use Creality Print. Mm-hmm. I don't use yeah. Orca or Bamboo or anything else. I just use there because it works well. The profiles work good. Yeah. I haven't had any issues. If it's not broke, why fix it? What about the app? I, I don't have it on my phone. I don't. That's what everybody says. I don't even use the bamboo app. I don't like right. that one either. I don't, I don't like things being connected to each other. Like if I can just, uh, you know, send it from my computer to the printer, nothing else involved. That's ideal for me. Here's 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 something that you know I, I, we may want to talk about. We may not want to, but every single episode that we've had in the past six months, it's been a conversation about bamboo. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's almost. Well, it's I like mean, almost all the questions we get come in or asking, oh, what about this compared to this? What about this compared to bamboo? What about bamboo compared to... It just never stops. Right. So here's what's happening is we're turning into 
the, we're entering the situation where it's going to be a duopoly. It's going to be Bamboo Lab and Creality. And any mm. conversation about 3D printing is going to be like, oh, how about that new Creality printer? Oh, how about that new Bamboo Lab printer? And it's just, you know, we're quickly coming to this point where it's not the 3D printing community anymore. It's the Bamboo Lab community or the Creality community. How do we stop the madness? <laughs> Um, I think the, the only solution is to keep some biodiversity here, like have multiple manufacturers, you know, like that are still relevant. Um, so the way that I'm going to deal with this is I'm going to start my own 3D printer company and become the third party in the system. <laughs> All right. You're going to become the little guy. No, I'm going to I'm going to be the big guy. Oh, Bamboo Lab's going to beg me, like, please, can I have some market share, please, sir? <laughs> License your patents to us, please. <laughs> yeah, this is my go. revenge arc. We're, we're just getting started here. All right. All right. But it, it, it's almost, I'm almost to the point of I just don't even want to talk about it anymore. It just, <laughs> it just never ends. Right. Well, I mean, what's the end game? I mean, if you look at the way that things are heading with Bamboo Lab wanting to take over more and more market share, it's going to end up being the Bamboo Lab community. There's no more 3D printing community. And of all the companies that I could nominate to be in charge of the 3D printing community, I think Bamboo Lab is the one that's the most controlling. Like if you go on their subreddit or their Facebook group or you know any of the communities that they manage, they constantly delete posts and censor things compared to like uh, Creality, for instance, let's say you develop a hack and you can break into the Creality K1 and install different firmware on there. They're like, oh, that's cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hope you have fun with it. Versus Bamboo Lab, we just had it happen where uh, like a group of people trying to like jailbreak the, the X1C finally succeeded and they were trying to distribute their own firmware or like jailbreak mm. thing. And Bamboo Lab shut it down the next day. How did Bamboo so, Lab shut it down? Um, basically, they put out a new patch that prevents the installer from working, and they uh, disabled yeah. the feature on your app to be able to revert to previous versions of the firmware. I kind of mm, see yeah. that because they're just protecting their, their IP. Yeah. All right? Well, from what I understand, the the firmware that's like the third party, you know, uh, stuff that gets applied onto the machine, it doesn't actually contain Bamboo Lab IP. It's like a sec separate layer. Um, not exactly sure how it works, but uh, anyone who's familiar with like jailbreaking iPhones or Playstations or whatever probably knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I just, I just, I, 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 I grow tired of talking about bamboo all the time. Yeah. So Are we going to become yeah. a Voron podcast? <laughs> Start covering open source projects. Speaking we, of, we, I know a cool one. We, we, we could, we could. Yeah. You know, yeah, cool guy's one got one. his new one. Um, there's this one called the LH. Let me look it up. I, I have it bookmarked here. It's the um, LH Stinger. It's a bed slinger that's like developed with open source kind of stuff. And it's 
I guess it can go like a thousand millimeters a second as a bed slinger. <laughs> it's absolutely just, hilarious. Just don't have just don't have anything that's that's taller than you know <laughs> ten millimeters, or it'll fly off the plate. Right, aerodynamic forces will start to become. Significant. <laughs> I, I think it'd be great to uh, have like a bump stop at the end and just accelerate it and hit <laughs> the end and have the part fly off when you're done yeah, with it. Yeah, just let the bed cool down a little bit and then launch it off and then print your next one. There you go. Right. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so what what have you got going on in the lab, Nathan? Anything? Um, well, let's see. I've been actually working on my own printer. That wasn't a joke. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but well, I I, I, there's no jokes. point in talking to you about it because you just got i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything right well i mean i've, I've got to keep some play some keep some cards in the in the hand um but i should be releasing a product related to the printer within a couple months so a couple months i can't wait that long Ooh. i can't wait yeah. all right you can be a beta <laughs> tester if you want all right i, I just like have to sign in, you just have to sign an nda uh, five hundred thousand uh, dollar disclosure penalty. All right, All right. that's fine. Uh, I, my, my, I've got very tight lips. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, my idea is to just kind of build this up, you know, one part at a time, and um, it's it's going to be a good time. Are you going to do um, like a, a oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the that platform where you beg for money for a product you don't have. Kickstarter. Oh, uh, Kickstarter I'll do a Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, if I do yeah, a Kickstarter, yeah, yeah. I'll already have a, a manufacturer lined up and all that kind of stuff. And I'll um, also have a yacht like prepared to flee the country immediately once the funds are deposited into my Swiss bank account. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you're going to leave everything behind and just go somewhere else? Yeah, we're gonna make that much money off of it. You know, I don't think so. Actually, I, I better just do things the honest way. That'll be easier. Yeah, honesty is always a better way. It's way way easier in the long way run. Easier. Way right. easier. In the long Less run. yacht fleeing. But you oh, there's a there's ahead. one other thing coming up that's actually kind of strange. Um, so Creality reached out to me and they're like, "Hey, can we come to your house?" <laughs> so they're gonna be coming. <laughs> All the way out to visit me in the middle of the Midwest. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Just one guy, I guess. You're I, not I guess in the middle of the Midwest. You're very north of the Midwest. Right. Uh, yeah, up up near Milwaukee. But uh, apparently, they have like some person on their team that's on the marketing side, and he wanted to do a cross country road trip. And I guess this is how he can do it and have Creality pay for it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So he's going to come say hi. Um, well, that's kind of cool. That'll be fun. Cool. I don't know what we're going to do. I kind of want to mess yeah. with him a little bit. Like no. have a, have some weird stuff stapled to the walls. and <laughs> In addition to the other weird stuff that's all I'm sure he'll be weirded out anyways. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, just, it's just strange, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I said, I, I, I guess it's kind of an honor. Yeah, I think it should yeah. be fun. I've talked to a couple other people that are kind of on the path that they're taking. Mm. So I guess they're going to say hi. It's just kind of weird to, to actually meet people that we're working with. Yeah. It's always over email, like 10 time zones away from us. So mm -hmm. 
I always I always wonder if it's really one person on the other end or just like a team of people just using the same email address using some generic name. Yeah, you never back. know. Yeah. Never know. Actually, I, I there was this one gal that was just nonstop, you know, like three or four emails a week asking me stuff. And um, I'm not going to say who, who, she, who she was from. And then one day it just stopped. And then somebody else started emailing me. It was the same thing, but it was somebody else. And I guess that that, that, uh, that other girl had quit or got fired or something. It's because you never returned the emails. She got the axe. <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely two different people. Mm, yeah. So you so, know it was two people there. Yeah. I know it was two I feel like people. most companies have learned I'll get to it when I get to it and emailing me isn't gonna speed things up. Yeah, yeah. So all right, you got ready for some questions? Yep, we yeah. have user questions. Yes. We have a bunch of questions. I had mm. to sort through some of this. So this one is from Altair. And he's talking about something that we talk about kind of every now and then. It says, hey, guys, I just bought a Mosaic Palette 3 Pro. It works great. I'm making lots of things with it. I've been seeing people printing color lithophanes with bamboo printers. There we go. Bamboo again. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to print my own with my palette. Is it possible to make them with the palette? And if yes, how? Thanks, guys. I don't have one of these. Do you have one of these, Nathan? No, I don't. I know how it works, though. It, it like kind of welds a filament yeah, together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done lithopanes before. If you go to lithopanemaker. Lithopanemaker.com. Oh, yeah, lithopanemaker.com. Uh, you can upload a picture, and it will turn it into an STL. Yeah, and it's not just kind of like a... a, a a bunch of layers that have like different densities and it lets a certain amount of light through to create a yep. picture. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that'll create uh, kind of like a grayscale with a pane or, uh, or whatever color you end up using. Like if you're using red, then it'll be a red scale, I guess. Um, but what I think you're referring to is actually called hue forge that uses multiple colors of filament to produce these pictures. Yeah. So if you well, look I'm up... familiar with that, but I'm saying like a lithophane mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's different layers, layers of color. Okay. Yeah. Of it's the same color, but it's it's the, they use the layers to make one part denser than the other part. Yeah. And light shines through differently, correct? That's yeah. right. So actually come to think of it, yeah, that's the there's hue forage, then there's lithophanes, it and then there's color lithophanes, which I'm not sure which uh, application is used to produce those. Maybe yeah. it's you forage. I don't know. It's still uh, lithophanemaker.com. You can make oh. color color ones on that website. Okay. Um, and so you can use different colors or even uh, some companies sell uh, cyan, magenta, yellow, and white filament. So that way you could make any color you want out of a thing. But I don't know how it applies to using the palette. Um, I've never used that one before. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it's a process you have to learn. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've, I've seen videos of people using that Mosaic Palette Pro, and it, it looks neat, but it looks like there's a lot of moving parts, and it just 
it's kind of scary. Yeah, seems like a it's really cool when it works type situation. <laughs> but uh, how you know when things go wrong, how easy it is is it to fix? Have situation. you guys ever ever tried the uh, Hue Forge thing? Because that was like a big craze that went on for like a minute. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I've seen a lot of results and they look great, but it's just like, I mean, how much time do I want to spend, you know, setting something up to make one print? Yeah, it's on my it's on my list of to do. It's on my to do list. Oh, yeah. It looks great so short. cool. Um, yeah. At Murph, they had a bunch of them at the Polymaker desk. Um, they're wild, like in person seeing it. And it looks like a three dimensional object in front of you, but it's really a mm-hmm. perfectly flat little picture, basically. Yeah, it looks like an oil painting, which is kind of like uh, the plastic is kind of like a hydrocarbon or an oil. So it's mm-hmm. it's almost like the same thing. So you can you do use use any printer to do that. It's just it's just one layer at a time. And you have yeah. to change the, the, the filament color. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. if you had a standard printer without a multi-material system, you'd have to change it out like eight times. But eight times over the course of a like a two hour print that's producing a, a picture isn't too bad, I don't think. Or probably no. less than two hours. Or it's they're only a millimeter or two tall. Okay. So. Yeah, and I imagine if you got like one of the like your Neptune Max making like Ooh, a gigantic yeah. one. Massive cool. one. Ooh, Ooh that's a great idea. Giga. Or you, can make, you can make bigger. something big enough to go over your couch. 800 millimeter wide. Yeah. But at that point, can't you just call like a print shop and have them print out, you know, like a, a poster a, for a you? Picture. That's no fun. <laughs> but this is three dimensional and text. You can, you can touch yeah. it and tactile. I think well, it'd I, be I, fun uh, so to do like uh, like medical type aids. I don't know, like uh, like for skin conditions, maybe you could uh, do a Hue Forge thing that produces like a three dimensional image with like a rash looking thing, and be like, That's "This really is what gross. it looks like." Really you know, gross, man. some people need to know. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. So, but uh, I saw one video where a guy was talking about the Hue Forge, and then he was also showing how to use some of these AI uh, websites to create weird pictures. Oh, yeah. And uh, I did play around with that a little bit. And it's kind of neat. You know, you can go on there and you you just plug in a couple of words and these weird things come back. <laughs> and it was kind of cool. You guys ever play with any of that stuff? Yeah, I used them for a thumbnail recently they're really interesting and they're way more capable than you'd think they are next up all we'll need to do is uh type in bamboo lab a1 review and hit enter and it'll automatically generate an entire review that's kind of what happens right now anyways <laughs> you just read a specs list show off the printer yeah. yeah i feel like uh it's yeah funny i have seen more and more ai generated thumbnails popping up on youtube um, How do you know they're AI generated? They have a there's a certain look to it, when it's like yeah that looks AI generated. Like it's uh, too elaborate of a computer render 
for the people I know who are making these videos <laughs> or it's like, <laughs> I, that person didn't do it. And there's a certain, I don't know. There's an AI look to yeah. a lot of pictures. It's like smoothed out and it's like the composition is too good. Usually. Yeah. It's or, like and then when you look closely, like the letters don't actually, the words aren't actually real words on things or. They're not actually real words. AI is bad at letters. AI generated pictures are generally bad at words. So it kind of looks like text. And then you look at it and you're like, those aren't English letters. Those are just kind of <laughs> weird conglomerates of letters. Like that's a B and a Q kind of together as one letter. It's like, huh. Or something weird like that. And some uh, are better than others and all these different AI models. I don't know. I, I, we've talked about this before, but I don't get that. Uh, granular with all that so i know i've seen where you know guys change their yeah. thumbnails five times in the first week because this one wasn't performing well enough i just don't care <laughs> people want to, people want to watch it they want to watch it. i don't have to do clickbaity titles i don't have to have a different thumbnail i just don't care but that's me yeah. thumbnails are always the last thing i get to on a video well, you do uh, when you do shorts, you barely have to worry. I about love it. that shorts. The title doesn't matter. The thumbnail isn't a thing anymore. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, because those are the two most important parts to YouTube, but they're the two things I hate the most. <laughs> so, getting back to Altair's question, yes, this <laughs> Mosaic Palette Three Pro. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lithophane Maker, check that out and like uh, watch some videos on how people generally set that up. There's a couple walkthroughs that I've seen online. Yeah, uh, that has, but there's something else other than, you know, we, we talk about the, the Bamboo AMS. There's the, the Prusa MMU3. Yep. Mm -hmm. The Enraged Carrot Rabbit Feeder. <laughs> yeah. Enraged Rabbit and, Carrot Feeder. Something like that. Um, and then there's another one. I think it's like a chameleon. They call it, it's like a chameleon or a, a some it's named after a oh, lizard, yeah. I think. Chameleon. Yeah. Is it the chameleon? Uh, I see it at all the rep rap festivals, at least. Yep. Uh, that's yeah. the chameleon. There's also this one from Annex Engineering that's called the, um, the trad rack. That's like a, hmm. their version of a enraged rabbit carrot feeder. <laughs> then there's the, uh, coprint chroma system mm -hmm. and then you know creality and uh flash forge and frozen and elegu they're all apparently working on their own so give it a couple months and we'll have a lot of options for multicolor systems yeah mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it I oh yeah that, i think that's definitely going to be a thing so we've got another question here and this actually, this is from James. James sent in about 10 questions. So we're going to get into one of his questions here. He says, for best print quality, and by quality, I mean dimensional accuracy, surface finish and structurally sound parts, can the print speed simply be slowed down? I get that speed sells and there are legitimate reasons to do a print quickly. But for me and most of the time, or most what I want to do, the print quality comes first. If the parts do not have adequate quality, then the tool will be of limited use. 
are there any techniques or weird tricks I can use to get the best print quality out of a Ender V3 SE? Yeah, so, I mean, even in your question, you're going to have trade-offs. Uh, when you say quality, that actually means a couple different things according to your definition. So if you want the best part strength, you'll want to increase the print temperature a little bit to get better interlayer bonding. But that will usually mean that the, uh, the surface finish might be a little bit worse, especially on overhangs, because the, the filament is more molten and droopy. So um, there's always trade-offs. And generally, if you slow down a bit, you get, uh, it's usually good. It's a good thing to slow down because you end up with less uh, issues caused by the print head overshooting or the filament not extruding immediately when it starts up a new feature. So uh, slowing down definitely helps in a lot of cases to a certain, to a point. JJ? Yes. Uh, I think slowing down in general, I mean, most of the time you're not printing at some super fast speed anyways, or especially not marketed speeds anyways. Um, and slowing it down will help to a point. Um, and then you're going to run into li limitations of your printer. Of If it's rolling on wheels, then maybe there's a bump on it. And so you're going to have bumps in your print or various I, other mechanical limits. I really think it depends on what you're printing and what the intended use of that print is. So if you're like doing stuff like what you're doing, um, JJ, looks like mm -hmm. Pokemon, Pokemon, <laughs> and, decorative and, and fun things. Decorative and fun things. Print quality is super, super important. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. you're doing close, you're doing, a, you're doing most of that stuff for video, and it's close up work, and it's you know in your yeah. face kind of thing. Um, well, somebody else might be more concerned with the dimensional accuracy and not necessarily the, the, the finish of something. Yeah, that's very true. And then there's other people that want kind of like a, I wouldn't say the, the, the best of both worlds, but something in the middle of all that. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I'm in the middle of all those things. There's some things I print out on like my uh, bamboo printer. I was printing out some stuff for my Voron my Voron zero and dimensionally speaking, the stuff that was coming off the bamboo sucked. Mm, yeah. It, well, it, you know, I was trying to fit like magnets and fit one part into another part. It didn't work real well. Now the was K1, it too small? yeah, it was too small. Yeah. Well, the, the, the K1 was much better and mm -hmm. the stuff was almost perfect. And that's why I've, I've mentioned before that for my Boron 2.4, all the parts got printed on the K1 for that mm. reason right there. I didn't care about, you know, the surface quality or anything else. I cared about dimensional accuracy. And the so K1 the real, is really good at it. The yeah. real answer here is to get multiple printers that are better at different things. <laughs> yep. Um, I find that the Bamboo Lab printers have pretty decent surface finish mm -hmm. um, unless you're doing a thing where like sometimes it steep overhangs it'll slow down quite a bit then it has like a different it's like more satiny or matte finish uh, depending on um, like how fast it's going for that feature yeah. 
So no, no printer is perfect. You got to work with it and figure out what the best settings are for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've tuned in, you know, done all the, the, the tests and all that stuff to tune in a lot of the stuff and a lot of these materials. I, I pretty much only use Overture um, filament because of that. I don't want to start switching stuff around because <laughs> stuff gets, you know, stuff gets weird. Oh, so, yeah. um, but JJ, you were, you knew where I was going with that. Have you had yeah, problems with the very true. accuracy of uh, with the the bamboo printers? I found they under they under right, everything them. is a little small, um, which means for things that aren't structural, uh, if you're screwing two things together, they slide together really well, make a really good looking video uh, up close because the surface finish is really good and the threads will slide together really easily. But if you need those tolerances to actually hold something or actually be tight uh the a1 or the k1 uh the creality printer i think i would go to as well for that yeah i've got a little bit of experience with that too i printed out the scissors snake model where it's like the extendable scissors i think you got one on the Mm -hmm. background there jj yes yeah i made a big one um but when i i printed one out on the p1p and one out on the k1 as like a head-to-head comparison thing the one on the k1 was like nice and tight and you know mm-hmm. it, you pull it off the thing break it in a little bit and then it's like it doesn't make any squeaks or anything weird but the one off the p1p was kind of loose and rattly mm-hmm. uh, because it had greater clearance between the parts and uh bamboo lab fanboys are so delusional they'll be like ah yes that's because the bamboo lab is better <laughs> but it's like <laughs> that it's it's actually more accurate it's an accuracy is makes it more accurate it's not a yes. bug it's a feature right <laughs> yeah that's a, it, 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 it would work when we call those um uh design elements oh yeah. yeah when you, make when you accidentally mistake. gouge something and it's yeah, like that's a design element like, oh yeah it's a design element so he but he um james specifically calls out the ender v3 se is there anything that you can think of other than maybe that printer doesn't print like super fast to begin with. It's like between a hundred mm-hmm. and 150, right? I mean, we're so spoiled that we think that that's not super fast anymore. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? A year ago, it's like yeah, 60 good. millimeters a second. Whoa, yeah. this one goes to 80. Whoa. Watch out guys. <laughs> yeah. It's blazing fast. I think uh, like 40 millimeters a second was standard like two years ago. Oh Yeah. Especially at that price point, for sure. But getting to the question again. Yeah. Looking at like um, the Ender V3 SE, is there anything that you would do maybe other than the speed, take the speed out of it? What could you do to get better print quality out of it? Not necessarily better dimensional, but mm-hmm. dimensional accuracy, but better just print quality. Because I know the print quality on that is... It's okay. It's I'd say it's average. Yeah. 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 I saw someone online, um, the the rods in the bottom, because the Y-axis runs on two linear rods. Mm-hmm. They replace one of the screw, like the way that those are installed is they're kind of like set into place and then a screw comes in from the top and then that holds it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he replaced one of the screws with a grub screw that could like thread in further. 
and that actually held the rod in place versus before it was kind of like wobbly because it wasn't tightened down all the way. Mm. So that yeah, might be something that. to look at. Um, have you? Uh, I, I have to inspect mine to see if it has that issue. But if that's something that could maybe tighten things up a little bit, that would be a nice thing to do. Yeah, um, always, especially on a new printer, uh, after you've used it for a month or so, just make sure everything's tight and screwed down properly because sometimes those screws can loosen themselves with all the jostling of a 3D uh, printer. I actually did something. that on my my Voron 2.4 about mm-hmm. a couple of weeks after I built it. I did a bunch of testing and printed a bunch of stuff. Then I went through and started tightening things up because I found this one thing was loose and I was amazed at how many yeah. nuts and bolts were needed to be retightened. I did the same on mine back when I built it. It was like, wow, this really does loosen things up. Yeah, what, what printer was that? A Voron. Voron. Okay. So that's built by us, so different than machine tightened. Yeah, I think one issue with Vorons is they use so many plastic parts that those will kind of um, need to get seated a little bit because yeah, when you touch mm, things. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was really afraid about using too much Loctite though, because Loctite yeah. can actually cause more problems than it's worth. Right. Um, especially when you're using those, those uh, brass inserts, I would not put Loctite on a nut on a bolt that's going into a plastic insert because if it's it lock, all, all Loctite is, it's a, it's epoxy hmm. and it's a, depending on the color, like the, the red, there's red, there's blue and the blue is not as uh, strong as the red, but still the blue is enough to break some of those threaded inserts free. And you'll, oh yeah, it'll just spin around inside the plastic, mm-hmm. so you can't really use them. Uh, if you're doing metal to metal part where the part is metal and the threads are actually into metal, then it's fine. But I've been caught on that also too, or trying to take stuff apart that had Loctite on them, even the blue, which is the lighter stuff, and they wouldn't come apart. So I had to take a blow, you know, a, a torch to it and heat it up. Oh wow. So I could take the parts apart, which is something. It you sounds like you just. To a printer. It sounds like you just yeah. burned it down, <laughs> out of anger. <laughs> no, but that I'm sure I'm sure Nathan, oh, that's yeah. something you'd be happy about. It's like, oh, fire, fire. Yeah, <laughs> I need a better place to light things on fire. I need like a a, a shop or something. We've got your little office space. You can't burn stuff in there. <laughs> uh, not not. As much as I'd like. <laughs> Nobody would know. Right. Just keep a fire extinguisher handy. That's true. So we have no real um, advice for James other than just, you know, maybe slow it down a little bit and the the, quality, the print quality will get better and check to make mm-hmm. sure that the, the all the nuts and bolts are tight and nothing is loose. Yeah, the easiest way to get started, I would say, is just... Um, because Creality doesn't have a whole lot of print profiles loaded into their slicer at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just start a print and then set it to like 50% speed or like 80% speed or something. Mm-hmm. That'll be the easiest way to slow down a print using pretty much the stock settings. Mm-hmm. And to see, to do that test and see if it really, if it improves it or not, and it 
if it doesn't, then don't waste the speed and go ahead and run it a hundred percent. No, I've done a I couple think. times where I've, I've, I've really wanted to get something of really high print quality as I've made the layers really shallow, you know, like the, like the 0.12 and 0.16 layer height. Yeah. That helps quite a bit too. And you, yeah. you, you eliminate a lot of the layer lines. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. You eliminate layer lines and it can do better overhangs because it's not having to cool so much material off when it's, you know, like dumping it off the ledge there when you're like, yeah. 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 And it's, it's, that's worked really well when I, when I was concerned about print quality, most of the time I'm not concerned with overall print quality as far as cosmetics or aesthetics go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> there you go. That's the end of that chapter. That's that's it. So I think I'm gonna cut it there for now. I don't know if we want to get into another question or not. I'm gonna have to find one. I only highlighted two. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll go to another one here. All right. So I'm gonna take another one, James questions here. I know Nathan loves talking about this. So it says I personally favor the open source design approach for customization, price competition, long supportability, and maintainability. Which companies do you think will be the ones to keep that philosophies in the, that philosophy in the future? And that's a good question because Creality used to be that company. I don't know if they're in that direction anymore. I think they still are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> guys looking at me like that's it what are you talking about i think with the k1s how they released the open source firmware so people could get into the clipper uh web page that was a good step in the right direction um but i don't know yeah thinking the like two years down the line would they lean more where bamboo is or are they going to stay open source it sounds like they're going to stay open source from everyone that I've talked to at the company. Yeah, And even awesome. with the K1, which is the one that a lot of people got upset with, even for that one, from day one of the release, they were like, we're going to open source it, guys. Just like, mm-hmm. just give us some time. We got to work out the bugs. And I understand that that's not exactly how you're supposed to do it according to the open source license. As soon as you start selling and distributing that code, you need to have it on the... Um, on the repository or whatever. But Creality has kind of proven over time that they always open source the stuff eventually. They're just a little bit slow. And it's like, do you want that or do you want completely shut down, locked up, closed source? And like, it, like Bamboo Lab. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the lesser of two evils, I think. I mean, ideally it would be like, you know, day one they have all the source code prepared and they, they release it. But yeah. I don't know. I think it probably comes to to a point where they're like, you know, if we aren't having to worry about maintaining this public repository and getting everything running, we can launch the product a couple weeks sooner or a couple months sooner. And at that point, they're probably just going to be focusing on launching the product and then sorting out the open source and publishing code later on. Well, I mean, I, I look at like the the Elegoo Neptune 4. Did they release the source code for all their stuff? You know, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> well, that, that's that's my point. It's yeah. only when Creality does something that people right. care. 
bamboo and does I wonder it, who's nobody cares. Elgu does it, nobody cares. I, I, there, there's yeah, a lot of hate going on. I don't say hate, but there's a lot of, I think, unfair criticism of Creality in, yeah. the, in the community. Um, I'm looking at this Neptune 4 Plus Max resources. So um, Elegu just launched this two weeks ago, and I'm not sure when the Neptune 4 Plus was originally sold. More than two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, everybody just, I feel like, yeah, I agree with you guys. People are a little bit, they have kind of like a double standard where they, immediately jump on the they grab their pitchforks as soon as creality <laughs> hasn't released the <laughs> source code it's a good way to put it um whereas other companies you know they do the same thing where that sometimes they take a while to push it out the door um and ultimately the the companies don't view the open source community as a threat like if they're upset they're not going to hire a lawyer and uh you know mm-hmm. recuperate something through that that like uh, legal course of action, so like, what's their real in- incentive? It's kind of like an internal motivation to be like, yeah, we we participate in open source and we'll get to it. Yeah, and I've I've, I've talked about that before. So, what uh, is like the FBI going to be dispatched because you didn't follow the open source rules? I don't think so. The only people that care are normal people that I don't think are going to start like, like you said, start investing money to sue somebody because they didn't honor the open source license. Who polices it? Is there an open source police? No, but I think they could make a stink online is real is the biggest reason to do this. Heaven forbid. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it could sell, it could sell less printers if everyone grabbed some pitchforks and, you know, the whole yeah. mob mentality type thing yeah. is kind well, of there. The, the mob does rule. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, I just, find, I just find it interesting how some people just skate on stuff and other, other people get hammered. Yeah. I mean, I know, mm-hmm. I definitely know there are some companies that are using open source without like, you know, doing all the proper stuff, but I guess since Creality is one of the bigger companies, um, they view it as more of a problem. I don't know. There's, I feel like there's this whole topic I want to make a video about about all the Creality hate. I feel like everybody hates on Creality for no <laughs> like reason. Yeah. Everybody started it with a Ender Three that I've talked to. But there's a lot to love about the Ender Three. I still right. think there's a lot to love about the Ender Three. You can buy the Ender 3 right now on sale for less than $100. Well, and you know what, a, guys? You've got a printer that is easy to mod, has a huge community behind it. So there's all kinds of stuff. may not be fast, but it prints really well, right? Well, you know what, guy? They need to, Creality needs to hire you onto their... Uh... Their PR team, because that's the best pitch for an Ender 3 I've heard yeah. in like in years. <laughs> There's a lot to love about the Ender 3. <laughs> there is. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm totally in that camp. Like, I for, like all my for, Ender 3s. For, for under $100? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. But I still wouldn't recommend it. 
in 2024. Well, it depends on what you want to do. So, yeah, like one of the reasons I built both my Vorons is not because I needed a printer, mm-hmm. because I wanted to build them. Yes. That's it, man. I, oh, I, yeah. I love oh, standing yeah. there at my bench and putting that kind of stuff together, figuring out the electronics, trying yeah. this, trying mm-hmm. that. Well, I get I get true enjoyment out of that. And taking an Ender 3, you know, out of a box that you paid 80 bucks for at... Um, Micro Center. Micro Center. Yeah. And then taking it and putting a $20 roll of filament on it and printing out a bunch of parts because there's such a huge community behind it and then making it better. Right. Right. Yeah. That's fun. Uh huh. Yeah, I agree. And guy, I think you and I might be from the older generation. Now I'm lumping myself in with you as, as an old guy, uh, where the 3d printing old. No, of course not. Uh, I said, you're a guy though, which is true. Um, but the the 3D printing experience is changing. It used to be when I got into it, you get a printer, you see, you know, maybe something needs work and you tinker with it and you, you improve it and you learn a lot about the process. And now I'm to the point where I know how every single part on a 3D printer works versus now someone getting into the hobby. If they get like a Bamboo Lab machine that's so overly complex, like if you try to take one of those apart, it's like a hundred bespoke parts that were created with custom tooling. They've got like tiny little sheet metal folded parts everywhere, custom extrusions. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to have any idea of how that machine works or how you can improve it or how to attach things to it or replace parts unless you're just following exactly their step-by-step guides. So it's more of like a guided playthrough of the 3D printing experience. And it's much, much less about the actual 3D printer and it's more about just producing plastic crap, <laughs> like, which I, 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 I like the printers way more than the, the, the printed stuff, personally. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I made this uh, analogy a while back. People still mod perfectly good cars. And that's, mm-hmm. here's, you can get a car that just will do everything you want it to do. You don't have to do anything. Guys yeah. still buy them and tear them down and rebuild them. Yep. For Tune no reason, you. no mm-hmm. reason other than I can. So right. this new generation of printers, you, like you said, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of the mods I see for like the bamboos and the K1s and stuff like that, they're just little quality of life. Accessories. Accessories. They, they, yeah. They're not changing. They're not making the printer print any better. They're not doing it other than a, a purely aesthetic value. Right? Yeah, it's like Teslas. Yeah. If you look at the Tesla scene, the biggest mod anyone ever does to their car is they put a wrap on it, which is like, <laughs> you're not really changing anything. Maybe different tires or wheels. Yeah. But like the Ender 3s is like a Honda Civic where you're like, you're going to pull out your laptop tune the ECU and get an extra 15 horsepower, pull off the whole exhaust and replace it with like a aftermarket thing yeah. and, and completely change yeah. the structure of the machine and have it do something else. So, and, and, and I think and that, that is, 
a good the, yes the ender 3 at 80 dollars is a great project car um but i don't think anyone getting into the hobby sh- without an electronics background or without a tinkering yeah. background uh you might accidentally pick that up at micro center thinking you're getting the same printer for well, half here's the price the, here's the other problem with the ender 3 and creality in general is that they have a lot of baggage like uh the Ender 3s of old are kind of still what people think about when you say Ender 3, even though they have modern Ender 3s like the V3, SE, and KE, where they're a completely different user experience. They're a lot less moddable. They're still somewhat moddable. But um, it's kind of like uh, Bamboo Lab had an opportunity to completely define what they are in the modern era versus mm-hmm. Creality, even if they come out with a new Ender 3 that's completely different People are still going to think, oh, I had an Ender 3. I didn't like it. So maybe they need to rebrand or something. Ender 4. Uh, keep uh, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> in, 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 a, in a couple of years, there'll be advances in hot ends, nozzles, heaters, extruders, motherboards, things like that. You know what I'll do is I'll take my Ender 5 that's been completely <laughs> rebuilt from the frame out. I will tear it all apart and I will rebuild it again. And it'll still be, you know, a blazing fast 60 to 70 millimeters per second. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I'll be happy with it because it prints really well and I built it. Mm -hmm. So that's how I want to end that conversation. It's just, I'll still be the guy out there modding the stuff Mm -hmm. because I like to do it. And I still think there's a market for those, those machines. Oh yeah. And I think we're we all love modding. Uh, my Voron's right here on my desk. Yep, <laughs> fully modded. So, all right, I think that's going to end it. Yes. Does that work for you guys? Do you have anything else you want to talk about, JJ? Um, no, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I want to go on for another hour. Um, you guys can log <laughs> off though. <laughs> I'll just talk to myself. Talk to yourself. Extended edition. All right. All right. So, well, um, again, thanks for everything, guys. And uh, remember, we really need questions and participation from you, the listener. So make sure to go to perfectfirstlayer.com, go to the submit page and ask us. If they want to email us a question, where do they do that at, JJ? They could email us at perfectfirstlayer at gmail.com. Nice. Watch tell everybody where they can find you online and social media, JJ. I'm just on YouTube at JJ Shankles. Nathan? I'm on YouTube. Just look up Nathan Builds Robots. And I can be found on YouTube also at Guy Shop. So there you have it. Thanks so much for listening. Nice. And uh, nice talking to you guys. I guess we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yep. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New see Year. You.